What's up, everyone? It's Wednesday, September 23rd, and we are live at 5. I'm Paul Wontorek. I'm Beth Stevens. And we're joined, as always, by Caitlin Moynihan. Hello. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. And her, and her signature earrings. Are you selling those on Etsy yet? No. Uh, I'm not, I haven't tried making earrings. Maybe that's my next venture. Hmm. There's time. Um, hey, Beth. Who is here today? Uh, we are lucky because the very talented Taylor Amon Jones is with us today. I have been listening to her new song. She has a, she has a song so that she released. It's so fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk about that, a lot of other past and future projects. There's a lot to get to. But first, let's do some news. All right, we're going to start on a downbeat because we've got some disappointing news. The Metropolitan Opera has canceled its 20, there it is, the 2020-21 season. That means they won't be back until next September, so a year from now. You know, it's the reality we're living with right now. They have to perform in close quarters and they just wanna keep everyone safe. But to keep people's interests, they have announced what they will do in that next season and it will feature the Met premiere of Terrence Blanchard's Fire, Fire Shut Up In My Bones, which is the first opera by a black composer to be performed there. Um, but the full season will also include Hamlet, Madama Butterfly, Porgy and Bess, and more. So there you go. So in other, you know, we've been having a lot of positive news, but now today it's like womp womp news. Yeah, so uh, that Steven Spielberg West Side Story movie that I know you all have wanted to check out. It was supposed to come out um, for Christmas. It was supposed to come out uh, December 18th. And we've been kind of wondering because they've been very quiet about it. And now they announced that it will come out an entire year later. It's like In the Heights. We're just doing everything a year later. In yeah. the Heights was summer. This was Christmas. We're doing it next Christmas. So it's coming out December 10th, 2021. This is interesting because a lot of Hollywood movies are coming out because in a lot of states, movie theaters are open. Um, but a lot of the big releases are making uh, difficult decisions like this. And of course, Tony Kushner wrote a new screenplay for this and Justin Peck did the choreography and Ansel Elgord and Rachel Zegler are, the, are Tony and Maria. And the good thing about, here's what I like about this delay. This is really good for Ariana DeBose because, um, you know, she yes, has, yes. well, because she has the prom coming out now this December. And then a year later, it's a good, it's just like a slow rollout of her movie, movie musical magic. Um, so yeah, it's it, who else is it? David Alvarez is Bernardo, Rita Moreno. Um, it, it's it's gonna be fantastic, I'm sure. It's definitely a much more classic version of West Side Story from by all accounts, um, compared to the recent Broadway revival. But mm -hmm. we have to wait a year to find out more. Yeah, there you go. Well, here's some better news. If you want to see the Phantom of the Opera, you can go to a drive-in and see it with actual real life performances as well as the filmed version. So this isn't the movie version, this is a filmed concert at Royal Albert Hall with Sierra Bogus and Ramin Karimloo. I think it was done in 2011. There we go. And so the drive-in movie theater is at Radial Park in Astoria, Queens, so you can stay right there in New York City. And the screenings will take place between September 26th and October 11th. And here's the fun part. Ali Ewald, former vlogger, Ali Ewald, there she is, and Derek Davis will perform a live concert accompanied by an 11-piece orchestra prior to each screening. So you get a little live performance, you get a little filmed live performance, and you can get your phantom fix. 
Beth, is there popcorn or not? Well, you're in your own vehicle, so you can bring whatever you want. Okay. It's a drive-in. Um, okay, so I know, but they usually sell good popcorn at the I don't know from Don. You Dark. don't have all the information. It's fine. I'll Google it. It's great. So every year, uh, Time Magazine comes out with their Time 100, uh, which is the most influential people in the world. Normally, there's also a very large gala event that comes along with this issue. We're going to hold on the gala right now, but we do. Uh, they always include some theater people. And this year, they I feel like we talked about Billy Porter every day, but Tony and Emmy Winter Billy Porter's on the list. Hades Town creator, Anais Mitchell. Uh, Emmy and Lortel Award winner, B.B. Waller-Bridge, and uh, multi-hyphenate creator, I love that, Tyler Perry, they're all on the list. Um, and, you know, people write about the... Right, that's person. why they're paired with those celebrities, because the celebrities pay tribute to their... They're all people. celebrities. They're all okay. celebrities. Correct. Cindy Lauper wrote about Billy Porter. Uh, Andre DeGiles wrote about Anais Mitchell. Taylor Swift wrote about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And um, Oprah Winfrey wrote about Tyler Perry. So anyway, check all that out. And congratulations on being influential, Billy Porter. We knew you when. Okay. Let's go across the pond for a second. Okay. Actually, let's do it. Let's, let's pretend. Um, so there's a new curfew that's happening in the UK. It's a 10 p.m. curfew, but the culture secretary, Oliver Dowden, who has the most British name in the world, there he is with the most British face in the world, he has said that this will not apply to theaters or cinemas. So you go to a movie, you go see a performance, and there are a few out there in London. Um, yeah. You can you can stay out. You can go see your show and go home and not get a ticket because they're getting, they're getting kind of strict with the curfew for bars, restaurants, pubs, etc. So there you go. Theater is exempt. That's confusing, but but okay, I'm down with that. <laughs> That's all our news. It's all good. Hey, it's all good. Hey Caitlin, thank you, Beth. Oh, it, oh, I'm sorry. I do this every day. Hey Beth, do we yes. have a today in Broadway? We do. <laughs> How could you forget? Because one of my favorite people I know, on this day, I know, I know. We in love 1954, him. George C. Wolf was born in Frankfurt. Yes. Happy okay. birthday, George. There he is. All right. You know George Wolf. He is another multi-talented. He's talented. He's, He's so talented. talented. He's a visionary. He is. He started his career as a playwright, and he is, of course, a Tony-winning director and producer. And film director as well. So let's 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 get into it, shall we? He started his professional theater career as a playwright with this play. Do you know the name of it, Paul? Well, is it Color Museum or Spunk? Neither. It's called Tribal. Neither. It's called Tribal Rights or the Coming of the Great Godward Nabucco to the Age of Horace Lee Lizer in Los Angeles in 1977. Okay, let's move on to the famous stuff. I was getting a little, uh, you know, into mm -hmm. the minutia. He moved to New York City and then he. He wrote The Colored Museum, which was produced Thank at you. the Public Theater in 1986, and Spunk, for which he won an Obie Award in 1989. He made his Broadway debut in 1992 with Jelly's Last Jam. Oh, that was so good. So that good, so Gregory good. Hines. He wrote the book for it and directed that musical and was nominated for two Tony Awards. Uh, the next year, he directed, very famously, Tony Kushner's Angels in America on Broadway, and uh, there you go. That's Alan McLaughlin and Steven Spinella in the original production. And he won the Tony Award for that. It, it was nominated for nine Tonys and won four. Uh, two years later, bring in the noise, bring in the funk with 
Savion Glover, who was in Jelly's Last Jam as Young Jelly, the two reunited for Shuffle Along, or the making of the musical sensation of 1921 and all that followed. And that was in 2016. Okay, but back to George. Here are his other Broadway credits, because some of our favorite stuff here, okay? On the Town, Twilight Los Angeles, 1992. These are all directing credits. That was with Anna Devere Smith. Yeah. The Tempest, our favorite Paul, Michael John Lacusa's The Wild Party. Yes, that's the Lane one. Lane Stritch at Liberty. Top Dog, Underdog, for which Susan Laurie Parks won a Pulitzer. Carolina Change, when he reunited with Tony Kushner. The Normal Heart, Lucky Guy. The Iceman Cometh with Denzel Washington. And most recently, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. He had 14 Tony nominations. He's won twice. And he is the director of the new film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, with Viola Davis and the late Chadwick Boseman, which is scheduled for release in late November. They say November 27th, so that'll be on Netflix. Looking forward to that trailer and looking forward to seeing that. Happy birthday, George Costello Wolf. George Costello? That's uh, his dad's name. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. Hello. Back in here. I learned yes. a lot. Uh, Happy birthday. A middle, a middle name, all the rest I lived through. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Beth. Hey, Caitlin, will you please give today's guest a proper introduction? Of course I will. Yes, guys, joining us today on Live at Five Home Edition is Taylor Amon Jones talking about her brand new original tune called I Really Enjoy that she just released. And she has an upcoming performance with Broadway Buskers happening next week on September 29th. On Broadway, Taylor has been seen in Head Over Heels and Groundhog Day. She toured with Hamilton. She was Pe Peggy and Mariah. She starred in Scotland, PA, and Emoji Land off Broadway. And she's set to star in the upcoming Devil Wears Prada musical. She's very busy, and we're very thankful because of it. You guys can follow her on social at Taylor Mon Jones. Leave all of your questions in the comments below. And everyone, please welcome Taylor and Paul. There she is. Hi, Hi Taylor. How's it going? Great, great. How are you? Look, I'm great. Look at that resume you've you've built up. There's a lot to say about you. Sounds crazy out loud. <laughs> right? I mean, it's been it's been really nice watching your career like take off, and you know, I, I love it. I'm I'm into it. Thank um, you. Very much. And now you're making music. I, uh, this beautiful acoustic song, um, I really enjoy, and I, and what, what you. The lyrics, I love the lyrics because, and I, by the way, I, I love you for putting the lyrics out there with this because I'm, I'm a big lyric person. I really need to like dig into the lyrics. Um, but, I, but the lyrics are, I really enjoy thinking about you less and less every day. So that, that's sort of what we're talking about here. It's, it's, is it a breakup song? Uh, it's kind of like after the fact. It, right. It's funny because I was trying to write a happy song and then it kind of turned into... <laughs> You know, we, we, there are so many songs about heartbreak and how you feel after the fact and how you want that one back or whatever. So this one was, is for the times that you're like, no, I'm good. I'm so happy that's over. I'm so happy I dodged that bullet. Uh, yeah. So how did this come about that you released a song two days ago? I mean, was this something you've always wanted to do or just come out of quarantine? Uh, talk about this. Both, both. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of, especially actors, we're all figuring out what else we can do these days. Um, I've been writing music. It is still new for me, but it's I've been writing for about a year now. Um, and when Broadway Buskers invited me to perform, that put a little fire under my butt to actually um, release some of my tunes so that people can 
feel involved in my performance and I'm not just like singing at them. Right. Um, and I knew that this day would come eventually. And so it, uh, I think with any new thing you create, it begins with like, oh God, I'm actually doing this. And then believing in that product, like there's a difference between just making it and then actually being like, no, I think this is good. It right. is weird to call your own stuff good. Um, especially as a musical theater kid where I'm very much used to singing it and acting everybody else's stuff. Right. Uh, and so with quarantine and with, I, I've been very inspired by watching all of my friends work and um, finally got out of my own way and just, you know, it doesn't matter if everyone likes it, it matters that I like it and hopefully it, provide some peace and comfort and just good ear juju for people who need it. <laughs> well, I like it too. People can get it on your website, right? Isn't that where? Uh, yeah, you can find it or it's at bandcamp.com right now. So just okay. my name is Jerrymon Jones.bandcamp.com. You can go to my Instagram or my Twitter and you can find links to it um, there as well. Cool. And Broadway.com will also get it out there so people can find it. It's a great song. Uh, mm -hmm. So how big of a set do you do for Broadway buskers? How, how big of a... Um, I believe everyone gets about 30 minutes. So okay. um, I will be doing six songs, pretty much just back to back and just, yeah, six songs. I do plan on releasing a couple more before the actual performance. So oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there, so there are other original songs. Yes. Cool. Yes. They're all, they will all be original songs awesome. for the buskers. Amazing. I love it. So it's not like a cabaret act. It's really more like a music, a music act. Yeah, totally. It's a way to give Broadway performers a chance to show themselves outside of the Broadway scene. Right. Um, I think that's always great because I know so many friends, you hear them sing, you know, maybe that one or two songs in that one show. And you're like, cool, that's what their voice sounds like. But then you hear them sing stuff they wrote and it's a complete shift of character. And it's really fun to see your colleagues and um, get to experience them in that way. Yeah, so um, last December, remember that felt like <laughs> so long ago, but in December, <laughs> we, we learned uh, the very exciting news that you um, will be in the Devil Wears Prada with, with our friend Beth Level. Um, Beth Level, Miranda Priestley, you're playing Andy. Um, so excited. I haven't been able to tell you how excited I am. I'm I'm just like thrilled. And it, this is a, obviously it's an El Elton John. Who else is writing this musical? There's some fantastic Yeah, are you excited about that? <laughs> I love, you can't even say it, I love it. Um, this is coming out, it's supposed to happen next year. Yes. Next summer is what the plan, so, the, so nothing has officially had to be adjusted yet. But, um, so you, I, I, wow. This, yeah. is, I mean, this is exciting. Anne Hath this is the yeah. Anne Hathaway role from the movie. Um, you've done like workshops, right? Or you've done readings or you haven't done it? I've been a part done? of one reading um, so far because we were just gonna start all of that when COVID hit. Yeah. So um, yeah. we had many plans for that, but we I, there was work being done. <laughs> I love it. So what, what uh, this must be very exciting for you. This is a big opportunity. You know, you, you've been paying your dues beautifully over the last few years, but this is like one of those opportunities every uh, young actress wants to get, right? Absolutely. It is, dare I say, the opportunity, <laughs> which is actually hilarious because if you read the book um, and they do drop it in the movie a little bit, 
every single person that Andy comes in contact with in the story, they're like, wow, this must be the job that a million girls would kill for. And right. I am uh, definitely relating to that. Um, it's also like, just to like ground it a little bit, it is a thing that I got last December before any of this yeah. went down. And you guys were just speaking about um, pushing back the, uh, not In the Heights, but the West Side Story movie. And right. similar thing happened to our production where they're like, you're in the show, but we're pushing it back a whole year, which at mm. the time sounded crazy, but now it's kind of been this blessing. Um, so as exciting as that is, it still feels so fanciful like it doesn't feel real yeah. quite yet um, yeah yeah but it's it's very very cool and i am more than looking forward to it yeah, yeah. it's also it's also nice because you know what you'll be doing for a couple of years i mean you know it's like it's a it's a thing to be i mean actors killed for that sort of security right about well you know, I mean, fingers crossed you know what i mean i uh, we've said it i've i come from groundhog day and head over heels which were both incredible musicals right. Right. that didn't get the life they deserved. So I yeah. will be happy to touch the stage as so many of us will be um, to touch it at all. And yes, I am praying and hoping for that security, but that is definitely a one step at a time yeah, gig that I course. know a lot about. Of course. Can we talk a little bit about Beth Level? We adore her. Um, and I could tell that you do too. Did you did you see, what, what have you seen her in? Did you see her in the prom or did you see her in anything? I did, I saw her in the prom, um, uh -huh. but I first saw her in the Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, okay. Um, my mom had taken me on a trip to New York cause I'm from California and I was a uh, trainee. There's like a New York musical theater camp called Broadway Artist Alliance out there. Okay. Uh -huh. And you train for a week, you do a little showcase, but you see a couple shows mm -hmm. like for the camp and Drowsy Chaperone was one of them. And, um, I just, it was, I remember being like, I don't know what this is. And then being just dumbfounded. Like, I didn't even know who Sutton Foster was at the time. Like, I didn't know who any of these people were. And it was just an incredible experience. And then Beth came to speak to our camp. That oh, was oh, okay. Came and talked to all of us. We all got to um, have her sign things. Uh -huh. And so for at least 10 years of my life. I still didn't really know who Beth Level was outside of just seeing her in that show. I had a blank lined piece of paper with nothing but her signature on it. <laughs> I was just stuck on my wall, like all this other Broadway stuff. And of course I wish I kept it, but I had no idea that something like this would come along. Um, but I do feel like in this very strange way that like weirdly manifested this. Wow. No. I love that. You're like, I don't know who that is, but that's Broadway. That's, That's Broadway, Broadway right there. <laughs> and then like, as I got to know the soundtrack more and more, I like became familiar with her. And then she just was awesome in the prom. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. awesome is yeah. the cheapest word for that, but she was so good and like so perfectly in her yeah. element in that show. It was really cool yeah. to watch. Yeah. I'm excited that you get to work with her because she's fantastic. <laughs> and I've only heard incredible things about her as a human, like outside right. of the performances. Everyone yeah. who's worked with her has only talked about how amazing she is. So I'm really looking forward to being in that energy. What was your first, like, was it was American Idiot sort of like your first break of a job kind of on tour, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were like, they were like, you're extraordinary. Join our cast. You were the extraordinary well, girl. Actually, and I, I, this is a very um, similar pattern in my life and I'm okay. 
here for and everyone who's watching, remember this. Um, when I auditioned for American Idiot, I did not get Extraordinary Girl. I got okay. um, someone in the ensemble. And then like a week later, I got a phone call that was like, hey, just kidding. I was going to be the Extraordinary Girl understudy. And then they're like, the role is yours. So I'm like, oh, cool, wow. whoever dropped out, thank you very much. Um, oh, wow, and okay. I have gotten many, many jobs because people have dropped out. So interesting. Interesting. You um you were fantastic in Head Over Heels. So so great. That was that was a lot of fun. Um Scotland PA, that crazy, crazy like little shop of horrors for yeah. today, crazy at musical you did off Broadway. You were so great in that. You you've been able to do some really fun things. Yeah. And I I I come from community theater background. So I'm just so used to doing like whatever is popular at the time. Right. So right. Um, new musicals wasn't anything I ever put in my landscape, like on my horizon. I didn't think that was gonna be a part of my journey. And now I am so excited. Like it has become my favorite thing to do, and I am good at it, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, like, to tie it back to Devil Wears Prada, like, I am very excited about that specifically because I've been making new musicals. So I'm not afraid to make this new musical. Like, mm -hmm. I know what I need to do, I know the challenges that come with it. So um, I, I feel like my whole life has led up to it. And yeah, the new musicals, it's where it's at it's the place that you get to like break out of yourself and, and surprise yourself and discover aspects of yourself that you didn't know exist. So um, yeah, it's just uh, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Beth Level sang a song from Double Wish Prada at 54 below and it was fantastic. So I'm very excited for this, but I got a sneak peek. I was there the right night, I guess. It was very exciting. Wow. Well, and it's so, it must be so interesting though to be kind of like living with it now while we're in quarantine and no one's really working, but you're just kind of like living with that role and thinking, do you think about it? Do you think about the show? And or are you just kind of like, yeah, you're thinking about it. Yeah. I do when I'm in my lowest moments. <laughs> Cause I know we're all experiencing that right now in quarantine where it's just like, you have good days, you have bad days. You know, you, uh, days like today, I, you know, I woke up having a great day. It's It's gonna be fine. I have not much to do today, but you know, the whole Breonna Taylor thing, she yeah. didn't get the justice she deserves. And not that it's completely shocking, but it is, you know, those little things affect us all in major levels that we have to deal with and sometimes you wake up and that weight hits you and yeah. so when i find myself um having a hard time i do like to remind myself that that is on the horizon and that is a part of my story and that yeah. when it comes it will be so important for everybody because it will be a return of theater it will be super important that I am playing this specific role for yeah, so many people. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and, and even I, I have been having this conversation with a lot of friends, you know, no matter what happens with anything, I am so excited to hit the ground running. Even if I have to start all over and pay all my credits all over again, I'll do it. Um, because theater isn't dead. It's just on intermission. Like we've all said, we just got to wait yeah. for this moment to pass so we can all grow and learn and then we'll come back bigger and better than ever. I love that. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, I want to know what you did in community theater that was, tell me, tell me some of your community theater stuff. I love <laughs> hearing about early credits. What haven't I done? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Rent, 
Twice, Hairspray, Little Shop, Smokey Joe's, Lucky Step. Like I would do six shows a year around the Bay because I'm from the Bay Area where there's a ton of um, regional and community theaters from you've never done a show, come in and do our show to like we hire equity. Like they're, they're, they run the gamut. So um, for me, it was just a matter of how much did I want to commute how much gas and how many bridge tolls is I willing to pay for? Um, but I've done a lot. I played Mary Poppins in Berkeley oh, once. Cool. Like, it's, yeah, I've had. Um, I've been very lucky to grow up in this theater scene, and I think it's what's helped me um, find diversity in my current career path now. Um, cool. They has given me a lot of opportunities because of their own. Um, open eyes and open hearts and open spirits to letting yeah. a lot of different people play a lot of different roles. It's cool. Yeah, that's great. If if I had like fifteen million dollars, um, and I, and I you, I was I wanted you to recreate one of those roles you played in community theater on Broadway. Which one would you pick? Rent. W which character? Mimi. I don't okay, like. I'm just I, making sure. I mean, not, I, you know. So I'm in this place. I'm I'm, I'm almost thirty. Which means that my 19-year-old Mimi is, <laughs> is yeah, all got it. Okay, now. okay. So I'm graduating to like I be, I am also very interested in a Maureen path for me. Okay. Uh -huh, so uh -huh, anybody uh -huh, doing cool. rent honestly doesn't have to be on Broadway. That is still a yeah. scratch I would like to itch because I was 18 the first time I did it. I was 20 the second time I did it. So I just have so much more life. And honestly. I am the best Mimi you'll ever see. Oh, I don't. I, wait, I, wait a minute, really? Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words, and I know there are a lot of us out there. But I yeah. love that. You know, you know why I'm looking. You know why I'm looking down because I was one of the first rent heads ever, and I have all. I found all these old photos. I was showing them to Caitlin the other day, and here I am with original Mimi, Daphne, and <laughs> Vega. Look at you, yes. <laughs> Cool. Look at yeah, yeah. And actually there's two photos of me and Dapper Vega. Oh my god. That's her in her Rocky Horror costume. Oh so, wow, I love that. I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend you said the best Mimi ever, not counting Daphne Rubin oh, Vega. Not count no, she's actually perfecting that role. She is Mimi. I guess she is Mimi. <laughs> uh Mimi's a great role. Mimi's I, a great role. Did you put glitter in your hair? Obviously, you know Daphne came up with that. I mean, all really? That oh, yes, she did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, all of the glitter, especially closing night when you like just take all the glitter that's left <laughs> and you just let that in there, and then it's crazy. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. No, I just love everything about Mimi. She helped me discover a lot about myself as well, especially as a young adult and her vulnerability, yeah. but also her power and oh, and plus the music. She has the best stuff. Yeah, I know. I yeah. love it. I love it too. So I love that you said that. I would love to see you in red. Let's, um, we're going to take some, if you don't mind, some fan questions. Oh, please. Uh, uh, you remembered. Uh, Yay. I remembered to say it. I know. Yes. Oh, okay. We have a lot of really great questions. <gasps> Tina, my girl Tina's back. Hi, Tina. You haven't been watching. Hi, Tina. Hi, Tina. Um, Tina wants to know where are you quarantining and what are you doing to keep busy? 
Hey, I am in California. I'm in the Bay Area. I moved back in with my parents. So they are keeping me quite busy. <laughs> um, I'm writing music. As we can see, I'm learning to produce music, like make beats and stuff, but very much learning. Um, and I am trying to figure out the answer to that question on a daily basis. I'm finding that balance right now of um creating a schedule or like creating things for me to do like making sure i have something to do yoga meditate like just give yourself something to do but also don't forget to give yourself a day of rest i tend to burn out rather quickly because i'm so like i gotta keep doing things and then i find myself exhausted so i'm figuring out that balance that like you can have a weekend even if you're sitting at home all week <laughs> right. yeah love it playing okay. video games also. lots of video games Ooh. Video games, come on. Love it. Okay, Becca on YouTube wants to know if you have any particular Groundhog Day memories you can share. Oh. Maybe one that jumps out. Yeah, um, <laughs> like falling. I fell a lot on stage. Uh, I guess I'll, yeah, I'll tell those since they came to mind first. Once it was, um, if you're Groundhog Day, which I'm assuming you are, we have a big tap number um, at one of, and I was like in the very front and so we would do all these gestures and then our thing was to run downstage directly and then start dancing again. And I take off on my foot, but my tap catches the ground and I just go boom, flat to the ground. But I'm literally the front person of this point. And so I was like, you must keep moving. So I just started crawling to the front <laughs> of the stage, which kind of worked because it was during like the jazz section. <laughs> um, and then the other time I fell, was I was on for the lead um, for Rita in Groundhog Day, and it's the big key change for if I had my time again. And we were, it, she comes out of the tilt-a-whirl that was happening. I stand up to sing my big note and to get out, but my shoelace got caught on a bolt on the door. So I was like, if I, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh but again, God. I was like, keep going. So I just like kept singing and like me and Andy like had to get my shoelace undone. And then um, the people who saw it thought it was part of the show. So great. Um, <laughs> memories I could share with you. Today. I love that Native show so work. much. That show was so good. So Thank good. You. So fun. Okay. Eleanor would like to know if you have a favorite musical. It's a very broad question, but they want to know. That's an unfair question, and we all hate that question because there are so many to choose from, but yeah. Rent. Ah. I think it's just if I really had to, it would just be Rent. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. This I think we do one last question. Alexis on Twitter wants to know, you've done a lot of shows that have found influence or stemmed from another entity, like a music group or books, movies, things like that. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you want to turn into a musical one day, whether that be like music, music group, a movie, book, TV show? Yeah, I'm probably gonna like ruin it by like letting it out into the universe. But honestly, I don't really wanna write it. I just like to be in it. So somebody, um, I think Desperately Seeking Susan would be a really Ooh. good musical. Mm -hmm. I think it could be a Madonna musical if they wanted to make it. I think it could be just an 80s musical. I also think it could just be original music, which would be preferred, but it's got two female leads. I think you could, I think it would just be super fun. Um, I mean, there are probably more important musicals to be made, but um, I think, uh, yeah, that one, I just, I can't really stop thinking about that one. Do you wanna hear something really weird? So yeah. in, in 2007, they did it in London. 
but they used the music of Blondie. It was really weird. It was Desperately Seeking huh. Susan on stage, but with Blondie music. So it was, it was the wrong blonde. Anyway, I'm just saying. No, I mean, okay. No, I mean, so, so, so that's actually good because now you can make it work. You can do maybe, it. Maybe I'll call it something else. This <laughs> 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 already exists, but um, cool. Just call it Susan, exclamation point. Susan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Love an exclamation point. You heard it here we first. You never heard this at all. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Madonna musical. I mean, you know, when we heard that, when I when the news came out that she was writing something with Diablo Cody, mm. I thought, oh, I hope it's a musical since Diablo Cody just did Jagged Little Pill. I'm like, maybe now they're going to finally, but it's a movie. Anyway. Could whatever. we end up having a bio musical of Madonna based on the bio movie she's doing? Sure. If okay. it's anything like the Share musical, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Sign me up. Sign me on, up. On that note, Taylor, it was so good to see you. Uh, everyone, get that song. It's so great. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see what else you come up with in quarantine. You're doing a good job. You look fantastic. And Thank you. I always love your energy. It's, it's great. And we can't wait to see... You and Beth Level face off, man. That's going to be some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Hey, Caitlin, why don't you take us out? Of course. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another fun episode of Live at Five Home Edition. You can follow along where we get your podcast by searching for hashtag Live at Five and hitting that subscribe button. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We talk to Grammy nominee, three-time Grammy nominee, Ryan Shaw, about the Broadway connection that has inspired his upcoming album. And taking us out today is a clip of the 2016 production of Shuffle Long or the making of the musical sensation of 1921 in honor of George C. Wolfe's birthday. And every smile we love, these smiles we love.